You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com. And uh, welcome, welcome back, everybody, as uh, Sooners, uh, they're actually starting to hit the practice field now. And uh, we've had some recruiting camps to cover, and uh, we're going to talk about that with uh, out. By the way, w- this is our chance to just rip the shit out of him. Uh, Josh McQuestion, we we uh, we delayed the pod until today, trying to accommodate that son of a bitch. Uh, and uh, Eddie Radosevich, Bob Prisbillo, join us. Uh, he sent us a message earlier today. Uh like, let's just talk about this real quick. Like, I never got the idea, like, he wasn't going to do the pod this week. Uh, and I just said, okay, well, we'll, we'll give you... I mean, it was kind of like, it was kind of passive-aggressive. Like, um, he never committed <laughs> to doing it, but he also didn't commit to not doing it. Bingo. Um, it was it was a classic Eddie Radosevich move. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested in going and having a drink with you on Friday night. Friday <laughs> afternoon rolls around at noon. Don't answer the text. Three o'clock rolls around. Don't answer the phone call. By four or five o'clock, you kind of get the idea. Probably not going to make it. Josh well, is on. It, he, he's he's he, on. He really wasn't sure. He wasn't sure when he was coming back. He was so on. He's on vacation. Time. They've rented something somewhere. Uh, the lavish life of Josh McQuiston. He won't even tell us where he is. No, we have no idea where he is. Just that they rented a place. That's the last thing he told us. He said, well, we've rented a place. Uh, and we'll see how it goes, but I can make it work on the phone. Like, that was the last thing. So I, I sent a message out this morning, and I said, Josh, how things looking? Uh, Eddie, do you want to say what is – you want to read his reply? Just deadpan read his reply, and and uh, you can tell me whether that means uh, f*** you or uh, I'll be there. It was, quote, let me, let me, let me look it up so I can – I don't want to – mischaracterized what was said here. I said, Josh, uh, any read uh, on how today is going for you? That was my question. Oh. Uh, quote, I'll be at the pool, huh? Huh? <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> okay, well, he's just, he's he's preparing me for pool background noise while we get him on the phone. But no, that was, it was a fuck you. Oh, wait, so now we're getting him? No. No, oh, I, th- I thought you said that we were. My bad. No, 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 no. Well, he's gone. He's <laughs> he's whiskey hammered right now at ten forty-seven in the morning on a Thursday. 
Hey, he's he's been with the uh, the two little ones throwing birthday parties all week. He probably deserves a drink. Well, that's the thing. It, we, we, we were told it would be a three-day sabbatical because it was a three-day birthday party, which, Bob, don't get me started. I know you threw a whole week birthday party, um, but that was for turning one. Uh, I don't know which one was, was having the it birthday. It was three days. It was Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah. The three day party, you guys, and your party. kids, man. I mean, oh, I'm not, I throw, I do birthday month. That's the new thing, <laughs> birthday month. Yeah, I I took my uh, status off my Facebook about when my birthday was, and then when my birthday came and nobody wished me happy birthday, I felt kind of bad, so I put my status back on. And then yeah, you like, let it, you let us know the next day on the pod. Yeah, you you did that to yourself. If, I know. You know. I did. The it. only way I'm going to know about a birthday is if. It's on Facebook. I have to be alerted on Facebook. Ah, uh, I agree. That's the only. That's that's the social <laughs> convention now. Well, I, I will say this: Josh worked his ass off on Sunday, along with you two, uh, going to Durant and covering the elite camp down there. It was the kind of ESPN's chance to get a look at some guys because let's face it, uh, there's not going to be high school football in a lot of places this year uh, to, to keep evaluating guys. And I don't even know how this whole. Um, all-American game system is going to work with high schools starting their seasons late and maybe some people not even having seasons or some people enrolling early in college because, you know, there's their, their games have been moved to the spring or whatever. It's going to be a mess, but nevertheless, you guys got to see a lot of good players Sunday in, in Durant. Yeah, you know, it was probably the strangest camp we've ever been to because there was no uh, wide receivers versus defensive backs, no linemen going against each other. So you really just got to watch the guys for about 30 to 45 minutes apiece, working on air, just working on drills. But it's always good to see the kids in North Texas for 2022, 2023 get a feel of that group and why some of those kids are talked about like a Calvin Banks or Cam Dewberry or Bear Alexander, you know, you get to understand, okay, that's why he's going to be a borderline five-star when rankings really get finalized here. And then at the same point, kind of see where some of those top kids within okay prep fall within that, that rank, like that Jacob Sexton from Deer Creek, maybe he's not at the bank, Dewberry level, but he's not that far off. And I thought the way that he performed Sunday is a great indicator of where he'll be. And then, of course, with Talon Chetron at Edmund Santa Fe, just coming off being ranked the number one receiver by e, uh, ESPN for the 2022 class, uh, he, he showed it. He had a different confidence. He played a lot differently compared to what he was a year ago. So just a, a, a good time to see these guys again and how their body has matured and developed, even if you couldn't really evaluate like their competitiveness and them going one-on-one against some of the best kids. Yeah, it was, it it was kind of almost like it was, it was an actual combine, right? Like instead of getting the one-on-one stuff, you actually got to see the guys move around and uh, more than anything, I, and you'll, you guys, if you're on the board, you'll see it. Uh, with the interviews that Josh did with all the guys. We'll get those up uh, throughout the rest of the week on uh, the site. Uh, I think more than anything, those guys were just happy to be out there and out of their house and doing something that has some type of uh, semblance of being normal. So, I mean, I guess we kind of just got to take it. It's like with the uh, professional sports. I've made an oath, and I know this is surprising for me, but I'm not going to bitch about anything 
when it comes to outside of the game. You want to put fans uh, through uh, technology in the stands? Go for it. If it makes you feel better, nothing. I'm not stopping you because at least we have something to talk about that isn't, uh, you know, the serious matter as far as the coronavirus. It's actual sports. By the way, I don't mind that for baseball at all because baseball is a sport that just looks it looks weird weird without fans. It just does. Like the NBA, the way they're set up, we've seen so much summer league and stuff like that. Uh, where they're playing, like, in Orlando's gym, uh, their practice facility. Like, the way it's set up, I don't mind it. I mean, th- and there's always noise in an NBA game, whether it's the music or uh, the PA announcers. I just don't want the fake piped-in uh, cheering when you know that there are no fans there. That's the only thing that bothers me. Because it's like, yeah, I feel that- like you're treating me like I'm an idiot. Yeah, that and that is uh, it is weird, but it's also weird too watching the games and there's just nobody in the stands. And I think I've the only sport that has really jumped off the page to me is baseball, like the basketball stuff. And I joked with you guys in the uh, the scoop uh, war room just as far as I feel like I'm just constantly watching the 11 a.m. game at the Battle of the uh, Atlantis or <laughs> one of those November tournaments that nobody goes to. I just I, I guess in a way I'm almost conditioned to it. So it hasn't really bothered me that much. And I, I'm also another guy that, and maybe this is just me, but like if I'm watching a game, usually it's at a bar or at home. And if I'm at home, I don't always have the volume just blasting. Because I think that most of the stuff that some of the announcers say is dumbass. So like I, not hearing the fans, I guess, is just not something that I really have noticed. I'm sure it'll be different once. I start paying more attention to it. I think the example you're looking for is the seventh place game at the Great Alaskan Shootout. Yes. And I love the Great Alaskan Shootout because that meant I got to stay up past midnight. <laughs> uh, that, uh, Those games would start at like three in the morning and shit. Yeah. That was uh that was a tournament for a while. It's no longer, I don't think. I I don't think No, it's over. I don't think they do that anymore. Uh, okay. I remember you played up there in like 96 though or something. Yeah, no, I, I think Hollis Price played up there. Um, or I think Hollis played there and maybe Buddy played there when he was young. I don't know. I can't, it's been a while. It's been, I, I think it stopped in the mid 2000s. I remember OU playing yeah. that though. Um, okay. So outside of that, what you saw this weekend, was there anything just in particular that that really stood out or any player that really stood out that maybe, uh, you know, you'd heard of uh, or you'd seen a little video, but in person just really kind of smacked you in the face? Oh, I mean, Bob, yeah. I, I, for me, just real quick for me, I would say just, I mean, first and foremost, Morgan Pearson is every bit the athlete that I thought he was. Uh, and then on top of that, it's going to be hard to find uh, a better wide receiver in the country than Taylor Shetron. Just with what he was able to do uh, in, in just a workout setting uh, and just seeing how he's really kind of progressed physically, uh, quite impressive. Yeah, when you look at Pearson, he's uh, the 2023 prospect from Plainview who already has the OU offer for uh, baseball. And yeah, he he measured at six two and a half without cleats on. So there's only there's no telling where that kid's gonna end up as his body keeps on growing. And there's no doubt that he passed the eye test that we got to see Sunday. I I go to the trenches and I kind of 
uh, already mentioned them, but you've heard about Calvin Banks and how he was committed to OSU and he decommitted and you're sort of wondering, you know, what, what's the big story about this kid? Okay. He might not be six, six. Uh, he may, maybe he might not be a true tackle and the prototype of what you want to see. But what I saw Sunday, I understand why so many schools are going after him and why Bill Biedenboe really wants him as a cornerstone for the 2022 class. Just sort of what was really nice about that whole camp experience. There didn't feel like there were a lot of duds. You could seriously go through each position group. And even if they don't have offers now, you'd be like, oh, I wouldn't be shocked if that kid starts to pick some up because he's not out of place here. So that's a great job done by the or the organizers of making sure it was a highly competitive and living up to its moniker of being an elite camp, not just someone who, who if you pay money, you can definitely show up. This is for the best of the best. And it, it felt like that throughout the entire day. Yeah, I mean, just in terms of camps, it was great to be able to just have some. Like I said, it was more of a combine, um, but but great to be able to just kind of go out and see some kids. And uh, who knows? I mean, you know, I think Oklahoma is still yet to really make any decisions, or they they are yet to make any decisions on what's going to happen with high school football. You've seen some counties in Dallas uh, try and say this and that. Uh, I think what. Oklahoma haven't public schools been pushed back to August 31st, which you know doesn't necessarily affect football, but that probably affects whether I don't know. I, I don't know if that affects whether you can practice or not. Um, yeah. With well, as I mean, as of Carrie, as of this morning, OSAA just they've announced that the plan is to move on as planned, just with the season. Just yeah, the season is starting yeah. as nothing else was going on, and as in you usual OSSAA fashion, they're now putting it on superintendents to be, I guess, kind of the centerpiece or figureheads in decisions for their district. Yeah, and you, we saw earlier this week with Texas with 5A, 6A being delayed until the end of September. Now that means Bixby and Union are going to be playing against each other. You know, they, yep. they're supposed to be playing Texas schools. I know, uh, I think Jenks just announced today they'll be playing a team in Arkansas to make up for yep. that. So it does, it's business as usual within this state until we're told di- until we're told differently. Yeah, and it, it basically came with a asterisk next to David Jackson's announcement in that, you know, we know that things are probably, we're going to have to be able to adjust to things on the fly and just basically go into the season knowing that, uh, you know, it's, it's not a certain that the state championship is going to be on this date in December. You're going to have to just go in knowing that, you know, you're going to have to go in knowing that if there's interruptions, you're going to kind of have to take it as it is. And what's really funny, because it was OKCPS that announced the delay, it's weird that when it comes like to sports, that doesn't really matter because it's only, I believe Douglas is the highest classification, and that's 4A. It's almost as if it's like, all right, but we can move on without you because you're not the 5A, 6A, you're not the big, you're not the big boys. Well, and we know like states like Virginia just not going to have football, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, if uh, like there's been a lot of jokes about boy, there's going to be a, whole, a lot of new uh, prep schools opening up in Florida this year to start football teams uh, because all these you know all the big time players are going to want to play somehow, 
So, you know, will kids transfer? Will you see some of that stuff? Is IMG going to take a bunch of kids? Um, all that stuff is, is, is yet to play out. And then New Mexico is not doing anything, and they're trying to get their colleges not to play. Uh, California, who knows what the hell is going to happen out there. I mean, they may try and block uh, the Chargers and the Rams from even playing this year, much less high schools. I just don't see high schools playing in California this year, just the way California is. It's not. It's 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 just kind of the way they are. Just uh, that seems to be a very, I don't know. It's like peanut butter and jelly. California making rash decisions about athletics. Um, you don't even think they'll play in December? I can't see it. Not not the way that state operates. Yeah, I thought it was really funny when uh, high I saw schools. I'm week. talking about not would... not college, but high schools. Sure. I, I did think it was really funny that uh, somebody put out a tweet. I think it was yesterday or on a Tuesday talking about uh, Cal Berkeley doesn't plan on having classes indoors uh, this semester. And it's like, oh, yeah, Cal Berkeley. I really expected them to be rushing to get back on campus. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, places like Cal and Stanford. And uh, I mean, you know, you just wonder how that's it. USC's already announced they won't have their all their classes are online. So uh, it just. Man, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Pac-12 isn't actively talking about just canceling football for this year to see if they could do it. it I mean, it's it's actually quite the opposite. They they just, in the last 30 minutes, have, it's been leaked out. John Wilner, Mercury News, him and Dan Wolken have taken a uh, timeout on their crusade end fraternities. Uh, <laughs> the following parameters are 10-game conference-only schedule starting September 19th, uh, contingency plan with a nine-game schedule, Two bye weeks per team, probably slotted in October and November if games have to be canceled due to coronavirus. And then uh, three options to play the Pac-12 Conference Championship game uh, being pushed all the way back to December 4th. I guess that does make sense, though. You think about how financially strapped they are and how poorly their their television network has gone. They, uh, out of everyone, need the revenue more than anyone. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, I, I think that uh, at least we're not acting like it's not all about money anymore. We can at least say it out loud. That it is about money? Oh, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> and they're used to playing in front of nobody in the Pac-12. Well, that's that's definitely true. Well, and I mean, it's it, just, and we mentioned this earlier, like who knows how this is going to play out for high school all-star games because, you know, the purpose of the deal Sunday uh, or part of the purpose is to kind of scout kids to evaluate for your Under Armour All-American game. You're going to have, you know, the game in San Antonio. Uh, and if all these schools are pushing back the start of their football seasons, they're going to be playing football during those All-Star games when they're traditionally held. So do you have to push those back to the spring? But then if you do that, then you lose early enrollees. And uh, maybe some kids wouldn't want to play because, you know, they're more concerned about going to college than they are playing in an all-star game, which I, you know, I think kid, most kids would play given that choice. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, the, the thing about it is, like, all-star games, that's the last thing down on the list that anybody really gives two shits about. Like, they yeah. just want some, they yeah. just want regular season football to be played. High school no and college. I mean, it, it, honestly, if I know that it would suck for the kids not to have the opportunity to play in it, but... If they just canceled those right now, that is probably on the short list of things that I would say, yeah, that kind of makes sense. That's that's okay. We need we have bigger we have bigger fish to fry. Less important than the Rose Bowl, Eddie. 
I still can't the believe Rose the Rose Bowl parade canceled in 2021. But the, the then parade, again, yeah. see see the state that uh, it's all taking place in. I am slightly surprised though that you know I guess in a way it's it's kind of come rushing up in our face as far as you know we had so many all these months to figure all this stuff out and now we're sitting here literally days before you know teams have already had NFL teams have already had guys report to camp the rookies. Uh, colleges, as you reported this morning, Carrie, OU started their their walkthroughs in Norman today. Uh, it's just hard to imagine that it's all right here, and we still don't have really basically any answers on how any of this is going to go. Well, if OU could just bottle up what they're doing and give it to everybody else, we wouldn't have to worry about a college football season because they just had their another report out from their weekly testing update. Uh, 96 football players tested, no new cases, uh, no active cases in their coaching staff. Everyone that's had it has been recovered, which, by the way, I don't know. It's, this kind of goes along with just what's driving me crazy right now with the coronavirus is that everyone is just so bitchy and they're so aggressive on social media. Uh, like I just, all I did was posted, uh, OU zero new cases, tested 96, 16 recoveries. And there were like two people were like, well, how do they have recoveries if they don't have any cases? I'm like, dude, I'm not going to explain this to you. Like they had cases. They, people get the coronavirus and then they get over it. They recover from it. Like 99% of the people. I think it's 99.9, isn't it? <laughs> Probably. Or they 99.9 just don't die from it. We don't know about your sure. future, Eddie. We don't know. Your lung capacity could be gone in the future. Hey, honestly, I don't think it could get any lower, to be just completely <laughs> honest with you. So, I mean, Were you hurting bring Sunday? it on. What? You were just out playing golf on Saturday. I mean, you're you're acclimated to the outdoors, aren't you? Oh yeah, I was fine on Saturday. I, I mean, it got it was. I felt like, and Bob can say it, but uh, can back me up on this. It felt like we were standing in the middle of uh, the sun <laughs> oh, there. Like yeah. there is no trees within any sight. But I will say that uh, the uh, the little complex that they had that thing at was very awesome. It was a very nice facility and a very well run camp. And what's funny is that I know pe- people don't care about the media, but the only people that really were in danger were the media and the the coaches and trainers because they cycled everyone in and out. So no no one was out there. No athlete was out there for longer than one to two hours. But, like, Josh was there from eight to six. It was, like, just ten straight hours. I mean, so it's kind of weird how that worked out. But, yeah, I mean, we, we all survived. That, that, that was one heck of a hot day. This is a little inside baseball, but I 100% think if – you know, camps moving forward need to take that type of setup and maybe you keep the offensive and defensive linemen together so they can do one-on-ones. Maybe yeah. you keep the wide receivers and defensive backs and quarterbacks together so you can do one-on-ones. But having it staggered into groups was awesome because we were able to watch literally every, almost every rep for every kid. Yeah, you don't have one-on-ones between receivers and DBs while you have one-on-ones going on with tackle, you know, offensive linemen and defensive linemen, which... Right. It's pretty much how every camp operates. You have to pick and choose yep. which one you want to see. Uh, all right, let's talk a little bit. You know, we got off the pod last week, if you remember, and we had a really interesting uh, recruiting situation. Uh, 
and Bob, I know, uh, you know, Caleb Johnson, uh, athlete out of Greenville, Texas, 2021 kid. It was put out in a local paper, the Greenville, whatever the Greenville paper was, that he had committed to Oklahoma, yet the entire article did not have him quoted saying, yes, this is why I selected Oklahoma, or uh, it just, it had some, it, it seemed very canned. Uh, in that it was an article written about something else, and maybe someone had told the reporter, oh, yeah, this kid committed to Oklahoma, and they just ran with it as the headline. Uh, but it was kind of one of those deals. You know, he ends up, was it Tuesday when he finally came out and, and put something online, uh, put okay, something on so social media? The, the, the O comes out Monday night. The article comes out Thursday morning, and he comes out Friday afternoon. Okay. With his little thing. And yeah, I mean, it was an oh, by the way. It was in a positive sentence. It was just a comma. Who is committed to o, to OU? Comma. I mean, it wasn't a big deal at, at all within the framework of the uh, story. But, he, you know, Caleb confirmed it. And I'm, I'm sure, it, you know, you see his head coach in the story, admit flat out. We've never had anyone recruited like Caleb has been. And then so maybe it's just a case of the, the school not really being used to dealing with that type of situation. Sure, yeah. But no, no harm, no foul. You know, he, he confirms he did his own thing on Friday afternoon, and you move on, and then what you look at is what he brings to the table, and that's speed. And that even yeah. in the edit, it's faster than you. And, and this is a guy with a confirmed time 10.58 in the 100. And, and, I mean, that's just that's what the students are looking for, and that's why – there's other highly ranked prospects that you thought OU might go after, but if they don't check all the boxes that Alex Grinch needs, they're going to move on, even if Caleb Johnson is right now ranked a three-star and a middle-of-the-road three-star. Uh, uh, three that simply doesn't matter because he does what Grinch and Roy Manning want their corners to do move, uh, moving forward. Which, I mean, look, would- look all over the roster for, for <clears throat> Oklahoma. I mean, uh, you know, Lincoln Riley has done that on offense. I mean, of course, someone like CeeDee Lamb, who's a lot more than just about speed, it's about, uh, you know, uh, ability to, you know, make plays in one-on-one situations, just ball skills, uh, you know, route running, strength, all that stuff, size. Uh, but then you have a Marquise Brown, and you don't, like, Lincoln set the tone, like, you never pass up on speed, even though he was a tiny little guy, uh, and he kind of had to figure his way uh, along the way. I mean, it was halfway through his first season when he really started making an impact in that that uh, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, uh, those games. But he his speed ended up being the difference. And you see Alex Grinch kind of has that same philosophy on defense. Like, if all things are equal, I'm going for the speed. Or even if they're not equal, I'm still going for the speed over other stuff. Yeah, because I, I think they want two out of three, either the height, the length, or the speed. But if you have the speed, they could overcome other areas where maybe they don't feel it. And Caleb Johnson certainly has that, and, and that's why you saw him committed while some like a Prophet Brown, who I think me and Josh would both agree for the last two, three months, we thought was a lock to be a Sooner, ends up going the USC on Sunday. And it's, it's not as simplistic is just saying they picked Johnson uh, 
over Brown, but there's just there's a certain thing to it that they want to get faster. They know that's what they need, but they need to make sure they have the, a combination of size and uh, and speed, and that's what Johnson brings to the table. What do you what do you think happened there, Bob? As far as the Prophet Brown situation, yeah, that's a good question. It, it almost feels like they were waiting for him to make a move, make a move, and then they start looking around and they like. Damon Harmon, who of course is expected to announce August 1st and everything points toward the Sooners there. And they love what Johnson brought in terms of the speed. And Johnson is the new one, right? I mean, they kind of had been recruiting these other guys. And when we thought Prophet Brown would be a lock to OU, Caleb Johnson hadn't even been offered yet. And so as you know, months go on, things, things change. And that's some of that re- other recruits have got to realize where they stand in the pecking order. Like where, where they were in April might not be where they are in July. I think that's one of the biggest misnomers that happens a lot is people, you just, you have to read the room and know where you stand when you're about to make a decision like that. And I think, you know, somewhere along the way, Manning and Grinch had decided to sort of move, move on and sound, maybe Prophet Brown didn't know it at the time, but he landed on his feet. He had a lot of a lot of other offers. Heck, he could have been a running back at a lot of other schools. So he'll stay in California. He'll be with the Trojans, and we'll just that'll be one of those that we will sort of be watching. You know, some some of those like, wait a minute, they could have had this kid. So how how does he pan out in college compared to the one that the Sooners actually ended up taking? Well, it also makes you wonder if there's not a shift uh, with a lot of major programs in their thinking that we need to close this thing out quickly because we can't. If this thing opens back up and you know visits start happening again, and and maybe the December signing period gets pushed back or something like, we need to get our classes secure because we have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, we have no idea. You know, if kids are going to play or not, let's find the guys. Let's put a class together that we know we can win with in the future. And that might mean that we, we don't wait around until signing day. We don't, we don't sit here and hope that we're going to finish with a good class. We just take the guys that we feel like are good enough for us to take. And, and that kind of segues into another prospect. Well, you look at Damon Harmon. I mean, here, here is someone who's ex- expected to announce August 1st, cornerback from Virginia. Oh, by the way, high school teammate of Kelvin Gilliam. And that's, you know, if you think bringing in Harmon is not that big of a drop-off in terms of talent between him versus versus Prophet Brown, but that getting him helps your chances in getting Gilliam, then maybe that's the the type of uh, discussions that that had to have been made. Now, Gilliam is expected to announce on August 22nd, I think we all feel it's going to be OU or Penn State, and I don't have a clue as to who it's going to be as of this day. When we had a couple rivals, analysts say OU earlier this week definitely got the board fired up, but it's a long ways to go. We got a a solid month to see exactly what's going to go down there, and it definitely feels like a fight that Calvin Thibodeau, Alex Grinch, Lincoln Riley, they're going to fight until the very bitter end. I would love to know what the thought process is through the Oklahoma recruiting office, just as far as like where they, how they felt that they've handled this whole thing. Like from the outside looking in, I would think that they have to feel pretty damn confident about what they've done uh, as far as putting together the virtual visits and stuff. 
uh, you know, obviously getting Caleb Williams in tow, getting the ball rolling down the hill kind of here in the month of July. But uh, even with what we've known through over the last couple months, there's even more unknown as we move closer to the start of football season and then how you recruit guys in season and, you know, everything else that's going to play out besides the actual football on the field. Well, and that, it kind of leads into this, this – I don't want to call it – it's just this in, rumor. I'll just – I don't want to add too many adjectives and piss people off. Uh, but this whole, you know, Caleb Williams doing the whole summit thing, like people have to realize this is all virtual. I mean, we talked about the Kendall Daniels thing and, you know, the, the, the geotagging of College Station and all that stuff. I can tell you, Lincoln Riley is not interested – and kids just showing up to do unofficial visits. Like, there is no... They have back-to-back-to-back weeks of zero positives. They're not going to let someone just come in or a group of people just come into their facility that are unchecked and, and do any kind of weird, you know, unofficial, unofficial stuff. Like, that is insanity. Like, that's just not going to happen. So... If you think that there's some summit happening at OU in person with recruits, like, please stop. Just please stop. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they could do something on uh, Zoom. But yeah, I mean, when you go it's back, all, all going to be virtual. The, you know, the, the last time we talked to Riley, he even said, like, what do we do with recruits? Do we have to quarantine them? Like, like he would, there's no way he would risk the prospect of a season or of his team staying healthy just for a little added oomph that might not resonate in the long run with having like five to ten top-rated kids coming to campus, spending zero time with the coaches because that's not allowed by any means. It, it, it's just the reward is definitely not worth this. No, he, he's not He's not letting you come in and contaminate his program. I'm sorry. I mean... <laughs> Especially with things not. going as well as they are right now. Yes. I mean, you know, as far as numbers go. So I just I don't know I don't know I I guess just it's this time of year people are willing to uh, fantasize or come up with crazy scenarios because they're you know. it'd be badass if they could get something like that and I think if it is on Zoom we need to make an oath that we will try and hack into it. Yeah, if you're a hacker, hit, hit me up Help. my DMs. <laughs> Let's see what we can do. All right. Uh, okay. The other the, snuck into the barbecue a couple years ago. Well, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, the kicker kid. I mean, they're not. You're not sneaking into the Switzer Center right now. I guarantee you, you are. That will never happen right now. You're not. There's gonna be. There's there's temperature checks and there's a guy stand. There's one door. You there's only one there's door you can enter. Entry. Yes, exactly. yeah. that's not happening. That's just. Not, it's a different time. Uh, okay, we it's didn't. Almost, it's it's it, real quick. It's almost like protocols and guidelines that are observed help not spread the virus. It's it's almost like, is it protocols or prayer? Protocols or prayer. Oh my God. Something to think about. Are you, are, is there a mask policy in Oklahoma City now? Yeah. Is, is that in, yes. in effect now? Okay. I mean, yeah. I just know what Norman there anyways. is. I don't want to, I just don't want to be outed on Twitter as uh, Eddie Rodosovich walking around without a mask. So I, Put the fucking thing on every time I go do something. And you just want to you just want to go up to everyone and say antibodies, antibodies, antibodies. I breathe a little bit heavier, hoping that the my 
my breath will get out of the mask. Yes. <laughs> no, I I and I'm trying not to be a silent judgment guy because I went to Seven Eleven last night and there were there were like seven people in there and two people didn't have masks on, and of course I was silently judging them, and then I felt like such an asshole because uh, the woman that was in front of me she wasn't wearing a mask and she was she was not attractive and she was buying cigarettes by the way which was ironic um and uh then she got in her car that was right next to me and i was getting a bag of ice so i went around put the bag of ice in my car and i get in my car and she is just sitting there sobbing like in her car i'm like yeah i guess you just can't really tell i mean like maybe there's just a bunch of kanye's running around everywhere right now everybody's just losing their shit i think that's probably fairly accurate have you guys like have you guys had that moment where you just like had many freakouts or anything bob's been too busy being mr mom probably yeah i was gonna like no i've actually been occupied so i haven't i think by the alone with my thoughts maybe but that just <laughs> hasn't happened sounds yet. weird <laughs> alone with my thoughts no i just i just you just got to keep busy i mean that's the main thing yep it's good now that, like, I left NBA TV on all day yesterday. It just, all day. I was just watching, you know, had basketball on the background, in the background for the most part, but it was really nice to have some NBA back. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. It, it. You know, honestly, it's like the college football thing to me is we've gotten to the point where we're playing. It's just a matter of how now. Yeah. We're playing as long as, and I, you know, like, I wonder. What, what? We'll talk to Lincoln, I'm sure, pretty soon. But just kind of like what you guys were talking about in the camps, like, and you watch, like, the NBA, they're in the bubble, and they're still social distancing on the bench, which I don't think is necessary, but they're still doing it. Like, do you eliminate all kind of seven-on-seven or, you know, full skeleton or one-on-ones? Like, how much do you do and how much do you eliminate throughout camp? Yeah, and I mean, we're talking about two. Uh, I think it was it was either Andy Staples or Ross Dellinger. I can't remember who wrote the article, but it was kind of like a, a basic look at <laughs> what a practice could look like. And I mean, they're they're you're talking about getting down to the idea of not only first and second strings not going against each other, but you're talking about like rooming as far as the depth chart goes, to where you're you're basically not having an you're not having guys come in contact with each other basically. And to the extent of like, say like, can you trust a walk on is basically kind of one of the ideas out there. Like would a scholarship player be more apt to socially distance than a walk on that knows he's not going to get on the field on Saturday. Are you going to have to room uh, starters together so they can kind of be in their own little secular corner of the locker room, if you will. Like it's, it's pretty fascinating. I saw that, uh, I think it was Greg Tipton and Clark Stroud put out a, a tweet, I think it was yesterday, talking about they were in meetings and planning meetings. I would assume those meetings are all directly centering around how the hell are we going to pull this thing off? Yeah, and you know Lincoln's a big planner, so he's got probably mountains of information on, you know, how to, you know, could they do this or would this help? Or like you said, like, is it better to have to never have your ones together in practice? Like, yes, you got to mix them with the twos and the threes, and you never really. I mean, I'm sure Bill Beatenbow would not like to, you know, <laughs> go through a, a 
preseason camp where his five starting offensive linemen aren't playing together. Although he'll probably tell you, you know, they really never know who the starting five are going to be. They kind of do now, but um, last year they didn't. I mean, in a lot of years, they're trading off guys all the time through camp until they figure out the best five. And sometimes they don't even figure out the best five until game days. Quote, unquote. What's that? I, I mean, we really believe that. What, that they don't know the best five until game day? Yeah. Look at TCU when they put Ben Powers in the game for the first time. Totally changed their offensive line. Maybe outside of the offensive line. I don't know. Maybe I mean, you want you want <laughs> Spencer Rattler throwing to Charleston Rambo, to Theo Weiss, to you know Braden Willis. I mean, yeah, you want him out of those. But you know, you can you can get those connections through just throwing without being in live or you know scrimmage situations. But I mean, I, mean, I think it's I think it's pretty unrealistic to think that you can prevent them from not throwing with each other, but to think that those guys aren't hanging out is just, I it's, it's impossibly like, and I guess maybe the numbers prove that maybe there's something to it, but like, I don't know in a way, like to a, to a bigger extent, like the testing of students before they get back to campus, I think is a complete waste of money. Like when they all get together, of course there's going to be a bigger risk. Yeah, I mean, someone will bring it in from somewhere, even if you, even if someone, even if you make sure that no one has it when they come in. I mean, a university's never going to be a bubble. No, not at all. And hardly. I mean, it's impossible to think that it would be. Yeah, it's, it's funny that the last time we spoke to Lincoln Riley was after the initial testing and that the numbers weren't that great. And now they've gone three straight weeks of, of zeros and, we haven't been, we haven't talked to Riley since. I don't know if we'll get to talk to him until the virtual media day would August third would be next Monday, not the Monday coming up, but the one after that. And just because remember, he said flat out it'd be arrogant to try to control these kids outside of the facility, outside of the hours that you're working together. But you know what what has been done that this has worked so well. I mean this this almost there's to the conspiracy theorists or whatever. The, skept- the, the, the skepticism is be this is doctor. There's no way they are actually doing this. There's no way they've gone three straight weeks of testing nearly a hundred college age kids and still getting zeros. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. I mean, and I'm sure <laughs> if I'm Texas, I'm probably like, yeah, OU's not, not reporting, right? <laughs> yep. They're cheating. Like, that's how I'd feel. Like, because it's unprecedented. To have that many, when you're not in the, I mean, like the NBA bubble, I believe it because they're in the NBA bubble. OU is not in the NBA bubble. So it doesn't seem normal that you would have three straight weeks of zero positive cases. Like you went through July 4th weekend and nothing happened. Your players were all on their best behavior. Nothing happened. It's hard. It's hard hard to believe. And that's why you're going to freak out if you come up with one week and you have like three positives because you can be, oh crap, how much is this spreading? See, and that's where I think you get into the conversation of right now. Like, it's it's good that it's great that the, they're getting those numbers back right now. But 
there's no there's no students on campus. There, I mean, it's just those guys being around each other. So I no, mean, like Clemson, make, Clemson might right? be your national champions because if they're going to play football with no students on campus, they might be able to play all their games with all their starters. Oh, I, told, I I told you uh, in the uh, in the scoop war room the other day that the the team that might capitalize off of all of this is Nebraska. Nobody in the fucking state of Nebraska even has the coronavirus. Like that's that's the only state in the U, in the fifty states that is completely free of the goddamn thing. Yeah, Scott Frost is gonna he's gonna screw it up, isn't he? I don't know. Nebraskans are probably pretty good at just staying at home. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like they eating live their, in 1950, eating their bacon and pancakes. But they'd have eighty thousand at a spring game. So I don't know what the heck they're going to do if they can't go to games. Yeah, that's true. It's hard to it's, hate, it's, it's hard to hate on the the Nebraska people. They're just they're just. Do you feel there? I kind of feel bad for them because they suck at football so bad now, and they have that's really the zero hope of becoming a great power again. Like, does anybody think Nebraska's ever going to be? Competing for a national championship anytime soon. The sad thing is, they don't have to just get incredible, like like leaps better. They just have to be better than the all the other shitty teams in their division. Yeah, and they're in a, a shitty division. Maybe I mean, hell, but they're not Minnesota. Minnesota's a hell of a lot better than they are. Yeah, sadly that is very true. And as long as PJ Flex in Minneapolis, I would imagine. Uh, I don't see Minnesota going down anytime soon. We'll see if PJ gets fat during the offseason. That would prove to me that he's committed to Minnesota. Like, like physically fat? Yeah, he's too physically fit. I, oh no, that's that's part of my theory. That, you don't want a physically he's one of those fit guys coach. Probably runs a marathon in the mornings every day just because. Yeah, if your coach is not physically fit, that means he he can settle, and he's settling for you. What about Doug's? <laughs> Doug's is not a real person, so he does nothing to disprove my theory. Doug's is a t-shirt seller. That's who Doug's is, all right? Let's just face let's face the truth. Fair enough. Doug's Fair enough. is on this earth to sell t-shirts. Carrie, I know that you talked to uh, our army folks uh, a couple weeks ago, or about I guess it was two weeks ago. Uh, we saw that the Cuomo news coming out. Where are you in terms of like, and I, I guess this is kind of a stupid ass question, but like in terms of booking travel, where are you in terms of that? Like no chance that's happening. Are we even thinking about something like that? Uh, <laughs> it, it, it just, it, it kind of seems like that is. Are you uh, going to send us to the game or not? No, like, and I, I would be the first one to say I'm, I'd be ready to go tomorrow, but no, like, if, look, if I media goes, I will send you. Being if media can cover games, I will send you. I mean, there, I have no doubts about it. I just, I have no, no I have not booked your flights. I haven't. I have not no, done that. I, I mean, I guess look, what I'm saying is, is like, it, it just seems like we're getting closer and closer to some actual real decisions being made. Yeah. And, you know, the kind of the sexy thing out there this week is the nine plus one format. How doable that is, I have no idea. But it seems like, I mean, we are, at any moment, something could drop. And I'd be like, well, that's the decision. That's the 
that's the decision. And I still think I still think Army can play um, because I I mean the fact that they're in New York New York is at least open to like okay well the NFL is going to play games we just can't have fans there so they are certainly open to I would think Army playing games uh, and for Army you know they have thirty eight thousand seat stadium or whatever so it's not like you know they're they're going to be crushed like Oklahoma by, you know, not having as many fans in the stands. But I definitely think Army still wants to play. Um, the real question is, what are Bob Bowlesby and the Big 12 ultimately going to decide? Are they... Because I think if Lincoln Riley and Joe Castiglione had... the, If they had the ability to make the choice, I think they'd just play all the games and see what happens. I really do. Trust in what they've been able to do with their their testing and feel confident that 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 would carry the the day as long as other schools are handling it in sort of the same way, maybe not the exact same way, but the safety protocols. Like that's why I think we all feel more confident with the Power Five conferences, just because of the fact they've got more resources, more people probably devoted toward trying to figure things out and. Yeah, you feel like Missouri State may be doing the best they can, but what is the best they can compared to what someone like at a Tennessee's best? But see, that's another thing too. Like, I don't think Joe wants to give up that pay-per-view game either because that's definite you revenue would? that you're getting. Yeah. I mean, that's you're going to get more revenue from that than you will any other game that you play this year, uh, just because people are going to pay for it. So. I mean, OU is actively helping Missouri State uh, with their protocols and things like that, trying to make sure that they are, you know, doing the things that they need to do in order to, uh, you know, be be lower on the scale for COVID, you know, cases. So, I mean, they want to guess- play that game really bad. I mean, it, it's just, and they should. It's it's a it's a real revenue generator for them. No doubt about it. I guess the the biggest question out there right now in terms of college football is if you look at a school like Oklahoma, can what they're doing as far as protocols that are in place, can that stand up to when students are on campus alongside the the football players? Is that the biggest question mark right now in college sports? Ask me one more time. Ask me the question one more time. Can what Oklahoma is doing as far as the protocols, and it's obviously giving us giving them good results because they haven't had any infections or uh, anybody with the virus. Can that stand up to when students are on campus with everybody else? Because I mean, yeah, the regular student isn't going to be underneath the same umbrella as what Oklahoma football is doing. Oh, I don't think it can. You're going to have when you get students on campus, you're going to get positive tests. You just are. Sure. And I think, but how is people are going to get positive tests all across the country. You just are. It's inevitable. Yeah. I mean, you have to you have to go in knowing that that's going to happen. And then I guess the question behind that is is you know, and this is certainly probably the biggest question out there as far as, you know, us in uh, the country that we live, like is it worth all of that? And you know, it's hateful for me to say it and Probably not the the most pleasant thing, but I think it is worth it. And then, Eddie, are these the same students that will be at the raves on Thursday night and Friday night? I think that is only limited to the Dennis Dodd and Dan Wilkins of the world. 
It, well, we all know it'll be fraternities and sororities that spread this throughout college football and kill it. I don't th- yeah, I mean, I guess the same could be said, though, for freshmen. Like, they shouldn't live together in dorms, I guess. Oh, the... Uh, I think Dan Wolken leans into this role more than anyone I've ever seen. He's very comfortable being a douchebag. There's no, there's no question about that. <laughs> I mean, he even has other nationally, you know, recognized media person like Doug Gottlieb. I noticed Barrett Salee was uh, ripping him the other day. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen a guy attacked by other media personalities like he is. It's amazing. He's entered entered a territory that you never return from, and that's the uh, the Skip Bayleson uh, type comments. The hot take. He's he's a he's a lava taker. Yeah, for clicks. Uh, okay, so you know, we still got a ways to go on this thing. Still gonna, like I said, now that they're doing walkthroughs, and let's face it, at some point we're gonna see OU release a, a COVID update that has some positives on it. I mean, like today, when we got a little heads up, like, hey, this is coming. So I couldn't wait to see, and I was surprised to see zero again. Now I think I'm going to be surprised when it's not zero since it's been three straight. But, like, that's the thing. We could talk about all of this stuff real positive-like, but when OU finally releases something, say we had three positive cases, we're going to be more like, oh, let's dial it back a little bit. Yeah, and I, I guess how they respond to something like that will be interesting just for the fact that, you know, as time goes on, we're going to be getting closer to the quote-unquote start of the season. Does that affect anybody's decision-making? And, you know, I, in a way, I, I've been pretty proud of, and I, I know that we talked about this last week, but I think if you're an Oklahoma fan, you have to be pretty proud of the way that the Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC have kind of stuck together on this and tried to get as much information as possible. And even when they make a decision, who knows if it's going to be the right or wrong one. Uh, I don't even know if you could define it as a right or wrong. Uh, everybody is going to kind of be in the same boat on this thing. Well, what's kind of weird to me, too, is, you know, the NBA done a great job. Nobody can deny what they do. They're in the best possible situation. And I they're going to succeed, I have no doubts. Uh, it's going to go well. It's just weird that the NFL hasn't provided any any more leadership because it would make you feel better as a college football fan if you knew the NFL was strongly, you know, they strongly believed in what they were doing uh, to the point of, you know, making more public statements about it. It's just so weird. You've seen players that have been upset doing kind of like a social media blitz. Uh, and then you just you just don't really, you know, Peter King wrote some big thing about how he went and saw the Vikings facility or whatever, and that was very positive, but, like, you wish that the players kind of were coming out more in favor of, yes, we're going to play football this year. Do you, do you subscribe to the idea that college should wait and see what the NFL does before, uh, they really get the whole thing going? I do. Yeah. I don't, I I don't think it's a bad decision at all. I don't think that'd be a bad idea at all, Bob. I just, it worked or work together in some sort of fashion, all the experts that are trying to do to do this. Sure. 
Yeah, you would think you could come up with some standards like we were talking about in practice. Like, what are things that we can do to get ready to actually play a real football game? Uh, what are the things that aren't necessary for us to do? Like, just, it, it, you know, you could really help each other. So. It doesn't seem like anybody's interested in... Uh, it's kind of like you get down to the high school level. Nobody's willing to make a decision. Everybody's kind of passing the buck to everybody else, aren't they? Well, and this whole thing is brand new, too. I mean, nobody really sure. knows. There, there isn't a there isn't a fucking guideline book on how to operate <laughs> athletics through a pandemic that was supposed to be gone a couple months ago. Yeah. And, I mean, getting the numbers down is important, but I don't know that we're going to get there. I just I don't think you can trust that you're going to get there. Sure. And like I said, as long as you don't have someone seemingly healthy die because they got this, that's uh, that seems kind of cold and heartless for me to say that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that would seem that to be would the, shut uh... it down. That's the, that's the nuclear option. I mean, that's the thing that that just kills it. That's the that's the number one option that I think everybody, including myself, if we were to pass that. Uh, bridge, you say to yourself, okay, what you know, what are we really doing here? What are we really accomplishing? Yeah, it's not worth it. It's not worth one person dying. It's really not. I mean, no, but and, the evidence but says the that is, that it's won't happen take that for us to get there. Yeah, correct. Because the, all the evidence overwhelmingly says that won't happen. Sure. To athletes, anyway, of this age. Now, if a coach dies or something because of it, then. That's almost as bad, probably. Yeah. Uh, I I think it is. Taking a real morbid uh, turn here. You you could even expand that out to, you know, the the older professor that is, you know, been teaching at OU or OSU or wherever for the last 35 years. Uh, Or even the high school teacher that is uh, in class with people all day. So, I don't know. It's f***ed up. I know that. All right. Well, Eddie, you told someone that your f bombs had lessened in 2020, and I don't believe that because I relapsed. You've been today. A you have. You were bad last week too. I'll tell you. I relapsed. It was like Josh today. and I started doing it more, and so then you had to come over the top. Well, I look up to you guys. You guys are setting a bad example. <laughs> it's our fault. I see. <laughs> right. Right. It's ne- never my fault. Uh. Any. Anything good going on with you guys uh either tv uh, stuff or yeah new yeah, hobbies sure. or we've we've got to talk about the 2022 receiver commitment that where the eyes came back instead in, instead of the o uh, i meant to bring but, up mr hudson i thought we'd already done that but i i digress no yeah so uh you know jordan hudson i mean that texas receiver group in 2022 was absolutely loaded but jordan hudson is clear that he's been a priority for the Sooners for a long time. He was offered in person back in junior day, February, and his offer list at that time didn't scream four-star or anything of that nature, top 100. But his offer list since, I mean, when you're talking Alabama, you're talking LSU, you're talking, you know, all the big boys have come in now, but OU had already gotten a head start on all of them with that offer and we were a little disappointed because Hudson was one of the uh, few Texas names expected to be in Durant Sunday that didn't actually make it. It would have really been nice to see him Sunday than have him commit Tuesday. That would have been 
perfect for us, but he's uh, from Garland, Texas, had 79 catches, 1,285 yards, and 19 touchdowns as a sophomore. And you know if you're at Garland, you're playing some of the best of the best in the Dallas Metroplex. So, I mean, this is a great piece to start your 2022 uh, uh, offensive side of the ball. You have Kobe McKenzie, linebacker, and now you've got – Hudson for offense, and you this this helps. You get a good receiver. We've seen the trend between Trajan Bridges and uh, Theo Weiss, Charleston Rambo, and C.D. Lamb, Cody Jackson. You get that good first receiver to really start anchoring things down. The rest of the class, you know, that kind of that sets the bar of where you want things to go. And if you can get players to the caliber of Jordan Hudson throughout 2022. Students will be doing just fine. And correct me if I'm wrong, Bob, but it seems like Oklahoma isn't having too many troubles recruiting guys to play uh, in this offense, so specifically at the wide receiver position. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's why so many people are still wondering what happened in 2018, how there's none of those receivers are even on campus. We're still wondering about 2020 with like the projects, like the Trayvon West, the Brian Darby, like the not the prototypical sort of receiver that you would want to go after and just kind of see if that pans out and if, if maybe as good as 2021 looks, because it's going to be a pretty incredible class at receiver, can they duplicate that? Can they finally go away from the every other year we hit it big? Can they, if you can get Jordan Hudson and a few, you get, go to, go to San Fag, Shetron, Armani Winfield, our money Winfield, of course, is another one from the state of Texas that's looked like an OU lean for months and months. If those are your three receivers, you're saying, okay, we didn't take a step back. We went back-to-back years of just elite after elite. And they, they can do that. It's just going to be about those receivers and their willingness to accept the fact that it's a loaded depth chart with a lot of good names on it. I almost think it's got to the point where Oklahoma's kind of learned – and maybe not learned, but it's become less of a big deal when you get that five star for like it used to be like oh you get a five star like you're not everybody's gonna be afraid to come here for years after that guy until he's about gone, but like now Oklahoma's almost building that reputation where they're just stacking up so many you know all American types like it's just it's not a big deal it's you know to have. A Spencer Rattler is not scaring away a Caleb Williams to have, uh, you know, a uh, uh, Jaden Hazelwood is. I think th- those five stars kind of scared away that 2020 class, like you were talking about a little bit. Uh, but I think they've kind of learned how to overcome that a little bit. Yeah, it, it's it's really about those other recruits accepting the fact that this is what they're coming into. That's not like OU's gonna lower their standards just so you can come in and, and play with them. They, You want five stars every single year. I think Mar- uh, Marvin Mims was a great example. I know, I think he wrestled with it. You know, do I really want to be with all those other guys? And you actually look at his position and Michael Jones leaves. Now there's the possibility of Trajan Bridges being suspended for the first five. Oh, games. he's suspended for the first five. <laughs> we don't know that. No, we do. <laughs> but but I don't, it's like Lincoln's just you know, not gonna announce. I'm sorry, but he's suspended yeah, for the first five games. He's never going to. 
we could ask at Big 12 media days. It's still going to be uh, the appeal process is going on. And no, don't even have a clue. I'm just going to start means. asking questions like now that Trajan Bridges is really suspended for the first five games. Uh, here's my question. Just don't even give him an opportunity to. They're not. I mean, Lincoln is holding on to the hope that, you know, they just get rid of that rule, I think. I mean, no, I mean, I think that's exactly what's going on. But there's no more appeal stuff that none of that. They're suspended. There. I mean, that would be, I, I just don't see that. Like, Lincoln's smart enough. Like, I just don't think that he honestly believes that they'll just come out and be like, all right, we're doing away with that. He's, I think he's hopeful of that. That, that still happens. Now, should they? Yeah. Hell yeah, they should. It, it's. I think everybody's Absolutely. saying that. Yeah. I mean, if but, it's, it's legal in so many states now. It's, I mean, come on. It should be treated yeah. like alcohol. It really should. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just kind of what you were saying, what both of you guys were saying about the expectations. It would seem to me that the expectations for what Oklahoma does, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, has been raised a little bit. It's almost like you should be disappointed when they don't get – the first pick out of the litter, if you will. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's why a lot of fans were looking at the 2020 receiver class thinking these are the type of projects that we took maybe five, six years ago. These aren't the guys that are, that were quote unquote supposed to be getting with Dennis Simmons and Kale Gundy and how great of a job they do year in year out. Why is it that these are, you know, not even no four star receiver until Mims really got that bump late. It's like what what's going on? Why didn't this class connect as well? And then you, when you see 2021 and Mario Williams, five star Cody Jackson's definitely a two two fifty kid. There, there's a lot of other choices out there. Like Jaleel Farouk would be an easy two fifty kid. A Mecca Buka could be another five star. I mean, that's what the fans want to expect year in year out. That's what they expect at Alabama. And you're seeing that on the offensive side at Oklahoma now. Alex Grinch is uh that's his that's his charge now is to have a defense that does that kind of stuff. So And, yeah, and that's why Gilliam is so important. Yeah. Because that's that's again, it goes back to the type of battles they never would have won before. If you start winning them, then on field product changes and then expectations on the trail start changing. All right, fellas. Uh, I hope everybody is staying sane out there as much as they're staying safe. I know it's probably getting to you a little bit, but thankfully sports is coming back, and hopefully college football will be among one of those soon. Uh, as, we, as we talk about practices are now, the walkthrough practices are now getting underway so coaches can be out there uh, doing instruction, which I think is good because you talk about trying to social distance uh, the more walkthroughs you can do, the less, maybe the less contact stuff you have to do, or the close quarter stuff you have to do when the preseason gets here, which is August 7th, uh, is when the camps will start. So, uh, we'll see what happens with OU if they can get that Missouri State game moved up. Uh, still not a whole lot more information on that in, uh, whether the NCAA is going to grant that or not. I will, before we leave, I will tell you boys something in this. Bob would probably get more excited. Josh would get really excited about this. All I right. did subscribe to Disney Plus, and I did watch The Mandalorian. But I'm going to tell you what. 
Disney Plus really has nothing else for me. Oh, really? What about Hamilton? I don't care about Hamilton. I'm holding out as long as possible. What about all the Marvel movies? Just I've got right all those. I've you? got them all. I mean, I've got them all digital. I don't need them. Okay. The ones that I want to watch, I've got. So I'm just I'm a buyer. I'm a purchaser of movies. Okay. All right. So all the Marvel stuff. I'm not a big Disney guy. Like they have so much National Geographic stuff that I don't really. They do. They have. They have I mean, I like that. that stuff, but I'm not paying seven bucks a month for that stuff. So it just does. I look through it all. There's just not a whole lot there for me. I guess I'll just get rid of it and then get it again when the second season comes out. Because I love The Mandalorian. It was great. So That's on the queue. I've not watched it yet. Really? All the crap Disney you and your wife watch? Wrong, wrong TV. It's in, it's in the living room instead of the bedroom. And I'm in the bedroom a lot more than the living room. Yeah, I have the old Apple TV where I can't add apps. It sucks. So I can't put it on there. Yes. My the, my bedroom TV is so old. It's, all the apps have gone away just, <laughs> just about because it's too old. You're like, oh, there's a Blockbuster app. Use it. <laughs> uh, other than that, anything else you guys want to get at before we get out of here? Two things. I just can't believe that they killed that guy in The Mandalorian. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that guy. That's what makes yeah. You know, you yeah. know the one. That guy. <laughs> Of all uh, the people that they killed, it was that guy that bothered me most. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. It was unbelievable. Uh, the other thing, uh, for the OU golf fans, uh, that if you catch this before Friday, Ryan Hibble is tied for the lead at one of the biggest amateur tournaments in the country right now. It's one of the most respected That's ones. That's amazing. He's tied with Quade Cummins, his, his, his player, one of the better players <laughs> wow. on the OU golf team. So, wow. Uh, keep an eye on that at the Sunahana in uh, Pennsylvania. I mean – it's it's a major deal in the amateur golf world, but for him even to be tied after not playing for six years competitively is somewhat unbelievable. It's, I mean, it's it's a real sports story, so uh, keep an eye on that. I will be. I bet Nate's out there cheering him on. Uh, I saw yes last night. He he, he tweeted something to the OU Golf uh, Twitter page. So yeah, I I would imagine so. That's pretty cool. Yeah, All it's right. really cool. All right, fellas, I appreciate it. Josh, screw you. Uh, I know you're drunk and you don't care at a pool somewhere, uh, but uh, we missed you today. Anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, like I said, stay sane uh, as well as staying safe and uh, try and uh, do something for yourself. Uh, try and enjoy yourself a little bit. Uh, sports is coming back, but uh, I know it's uh, been a little difficult out there. We'll have some more stuff to announce soon also on uh, Woofy uh, and his uh, charity that we're planning on starting up. We've had a lot of good discussions with the OU Stevenson Cancer Research Center, uh, so I'll be telling you guys more about that on the message boards. Also, Soonerscoop.com, uh, I know times are tough. Uh, like, I said, like we've said before, if, you know, if you've hit hard times, you know, been laid off, just give me a holler. Uh, C Murdoch at Soonerscoop.com. Want to do everything we can to help you if you've been a loyal subscriber. Uh, also, uh, if you would like to subscribe, a lot of recruiting stuff going on, but football getting ready to gear up, so there's never been a better time. Uh, go and subscribe. Support Soonerscoop.com. If you love the podcast, 
uh, but never been a subscriber, we'd love to have you join the community. So thank you to uh, Eddie. Thank you to Bob. Thanks for all you guys for listening. And we'll see you back here next week uh, on another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.